start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. Hope you guys don't mind. I'm going to crack a beer. I just woke up from a nap uh, so we could record Bomb. episode 135 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. So excuse me if I'm uh, sounding a little lackadaisical. I just woke up and I'm not 100% awake yet. Um, so yeah, 135. Nick and Tom are both here. It's been a while since we've spoke with Tom, so it's good to have People you back. People are starting to wonder. Yeah. People uh, down here are starting to They were to leaving remember. it in the comments the whole time you were gone. Can't believe you I'm, missed it. I'm alive and well. I've just been busy working on the farm. Getting stuff ready for archery seasons right around the corner. Indeed. You know what else is right around the corner that I we haven't even mentioned yet? Hmm. The Palooza. Oh yeah, I forgot. I mean, I didn't forget about it, but I forgot that we haven't mentioned it. Yeah. So I guess if there's any locals, you're gonna get a hold of us. Come down, get some good food. Yeah. yeah. PM us. We'll it's gonna be a wild time. Nobody says PM anymore. Yeah. Nobody says that. What do they say? DM. Yeah. Oh. This is an AOL. <laughs> Never used AOL. DM you're, us. you're too young for that. Way back in the day. Mm-hmm. All right, enough of that. <laughs> well, let's get into the meat potatoes, huh, Tom? Yes, why don't we? So what are we talking about since you're never here anymore? What are we talking about? We're going to be talking about what I've been doing while I have not been present at the podcast, which is how we prep food plots, what we're planting in our food plots, and then how... These are more fall food plots. Yeah, fall. Yeah, because we talked about the beans and such. Yeah. But But we're also going to kind of incorporate it because we had some logging done up there. You guys had some logging done up there. I didn't pay for shit. Um, We don't 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 pay pay for for the I guess I'm not getting paid for shit. Um, Yeah, we're going to talk about how we're kind of incorporating the logging, how we think it's going to change the property a little bit. And what we're doing with our food plots and all that. Just how we're going to attack the whole piece of property this fall. And I think it's going to be a good year. Mm -hmm. So really the only thing that we've been lacking on that farm the past couple years is thick cover. Yeah, Uh, we've got the swamp, but it's that's like right on the edge of the property. Yeah. Well, and in the uh, swamp, it's... It keeps flooding with the beaver uh, population. So it's like... Oh, they still use the shit out of it. Yeah, but it's not like bedding. You know, it's definitely cover for them, but I don't, I don't, I mean, just with all the water in there, I don't see a ton I mean, of your bedding. We've pushed it quite a few times in rifle season, mm-hmm. and I see very little beds yeah. inside there. Most of the beds are down by your stand. Yeah, because that's not as flooded. That's mostly red brush over mm-hmm. there. But, yeah, we don't have a big area of thick nastiness that nobody goes into. Yeah. But we're going to. So I don't think we'll have it quite this year. We'll have a lot of tops, which the deer will use as cover. Yeah, I think that's really going to change, especially like on Nick's side of the property. 
because there's not a ton of trees over like where I hunt. It's mostly like the apples over there and that red brush and stuff. So I don't think it, I mean, it'll still change stuff, but on Nick's side, there's where most of the logging is happening. So I definitely think it's going to change a lot of stuff as far as how they're getting into the food plots, where they're going, their travel corridors are going to change a little bit. They're going to be using those tops that are down to browse and stuff. I think it's, I think your end of the property is really going to see a change. Big time. Um, but I think it's all going to be for the good. I think it's going to mm-hmm. take probably a season. Um, I, I, it's not going to take long for the deer to adjust to it. They're, no, but it's just going to take us some time to figure out how they adjusted. Yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, as soon as they get out of there, which is supposed to be in another two weeks, maybe one week, um, get some cameras deployed up there and just try and figure out what they're doing because there's not going to be any hard trails yet. Yeah. So it's just going to be a lot of surveying. Uh, I'd like to get up there and do some scouting, just try and watch from the hillside, see how they're moving through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm i going to say something here, and I'm going to contradict <laughs> both of you. I don't think the deer movement is going to change that much. Because, let me finish. Okay. Hunting Nick's side of the farm, most of the deer filter down from the hillside. Yeah. Which is where most of the logging is taking place. Mm-hmm. So I think being all those tops and it's going to grow up into thick cover, they're still going to bed on that hillside. I, I, they're definitely still going to bed and use it. They're still going to come from up top like, down to the bottom. When but you're how talking they about get there. yeah, when you're talking about an archery stand, you're hunting a thirty yard circle around your stand. Maybe you guys, you're dumb. You're hunting a 30-yard circle around your stand. So if you mess with the area a little bit, you might push those. The deer are still going to use it, but they might move 20 yards one way or another. To get around the top. To get around tops or how, just how they're working through that new cover. So you might need to adjust a stand that used to be money, and they were coming right there by it, right in your kill zone. Now they might be just outside of it. You might have to adjust just a little bit depending on yeah, I, how they – because they're, like you said, they're going to use it still. It's just going to be those minute adjustments. More. Yeah, there's going to be more deer there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it's basically like we're we're not saying that they're not going to bed up there and still come down to the bottom. It's just going to be like Frank said. Even if they adjusts one trail over 15 yards, it could change. You know whether that bow stand was a good kill spot or not. You might just have to move the stand a little mm-hmm. bit. But that's where you know. But having, there's really only one stand on that side of the farm <laughs> that's not. In, on a food source. Yeah. So right. however they come down the hill, if they're coming down the feed, they're still going to end up in the food source. Yeah. Yeah. So, But, I, I mean, this is all stuff we're going to learn as we go. But sometimes, like, if you put that much browse on the ground, it may take them longer to get to those food sources in the evening. Yeah. Um, they might be hanging up in those tops a little bit, and you have to get a little bit closer. Yeah. So, like I said, it's all... I definitely think mobile is going to be the ticket this year. We're just kind of spitballing here. It's all predictions based on experience, which, you know, which is actually, we were talking to Frank when we first started um, about, like, we don't have a whole lot of experience hunting freshly logged property. So it's going to be a bit of a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, we do, but we didn't have a ton. Of, you're looking at me like I'm an idiot. But <laughs> the farm dad bought was freshly logged. I get bought. that, That's but all we, we hunt is freshly logged property. But I'm saying we didn't we didn't have the experience beforehand. We didn't really hunt that yeah. property much oh, at all. Yeah, you're applying the knowledge that you've gained over the past few years from hunting that piece. Well, not even that. I guess what I was getting at is like 
We being never familiar, hunted it yeah, when being, it was all standing before, timber. You never had we to go through the transition. Relearn. We yes. just started learning. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that, that's what I'm getting at. Is well, you said we don't have experience hunting freshly logged timber. Is how but you it, wasn't, it wasn't freshly logged to you. It was already logged when you started hunting it. Yes, we had no experience with it, came in logged. Now we have a property that we've been hunting for a decade that's getting logged. And then we have to adjust. So, like, it's it's different. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, oh, yeah. but, but you see the mess that the property is, the farm, and how the deer move through it. Like, it's... It I takes wouldn't them, call it a mess. I mean, I see more deer out there than... A mess is in there's a lot of shit on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Tom's just feeling argumentative. Yeah, he, he hasn't been around gonna, in a while. He's he's Anything you say. <laughs> he's argued every single point we've made. Um, <laughs> but no, well, I'm going through that with the cement plant. I've talked about that a couple of times that it, and it's a totally different type of logging that we're going to deal with up in climber. Cause it was a straight up clear cut. Oh yeah. We did, we, we did a very selective cut. Yeah. In climber. Yeah. So it's going to be, you're still going to have most of your tree, almost all of your trees and you're just going to have those areas of tops. And I think it's going to just create more like pinch some points. pinch points and corridors that they're going to funnel to. Since it is a selective cut, it's going to be open, 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 then it's going to pinch them, then open. And I think it'll make for easier setups as far as like going mobile. You can pick out your spots a little bit better because of that select cut. And having the trail system, that's actually what this is all rooted to, really. It was to get that thick, um, basically like get more sunlight to the forest floor and then um, getting a trail system mm-hmm. installed into the property. Cause we actually, Tom and I were looking and considering, um, renting a dozer to do it ourselves. Um, or some sort of piece of equipment to do it, whether yeah. we, you know, go, you know, borrow my grandpa's skid steer or something. Yeah. We were just looking at putting them in ourselves. And then we started spitballing the idea of getting it logged and we're like, well, it's kind of getting two birds stoned at once. So that's not how you say that. <laughs> I know. I was thinking <laughs> no, maybe I'll, I'll be say. argumentative. <laughs> say that's not how you no, say that. That went back to Trailer Park Boys real quick. <laughs> it's a terrible show. It's hilarious. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, but I guess we'll let's go divert back over to the fall plots. Um, what are we working with this year, Tommy? So we're going to do, I tell you what, food plots, they're a lot of work and they're, they can be a pain. So what, we're doing this year is we're putting in a lot of clover food plots because once those are planted for the next five, six years, you just mow them. Yeah. Yeah, You just mow it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Maybe spray a little post or whatever, kill the grass. Mm -hmm. So we're doing clover. We're doing radishes. We're doing, I don't know if I'm going to say it, seven card stud. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Who makes it? I forget. I don't either. Yeah, I, but no it's like, I like it. It's, yeah, it's it's great good, stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's good a mix. perfect mix, and it's one of the so a lot of times those blends are filled with ryegrass, mm-hmm. uh, and that's one one thing I guess just, just to throw the out there. When you guys are buying food plot seed, uh, look at the back, and there's a, always going to be a percentage chart that tells you exactly what's in the bag, and you want to find ones with as little ryegrass as possible. When you buy like the mixed bags, like seven card stud or most of your no-tills, um, there's going to be a lot of ryegrass, but just try to find ones with Unless less. Unless you want ryegrass. Yeah, maybe you want ryegrass. Um, which like Frank said, it's a filler. 
So the seven card stud we've had really good luck with. It's got. A I little, don't think there's ryegrass in. There it. is a little bit of ryegrass in there. Yeah, no, there's not a lot as far as that so, type of food plot stuff goes. There's not much ryegrass. Yeah, in but it. they've got. I don't remember up, the exact percentage. It's, it's so there's obviously obviously then a little bit of ryegrass. There's uh, oats, turnips, clover, rape. There might be chicory. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's a good mix. I like that stuff a lot. So I think we've got like two plots. I think we're gonna do with seven card stud and it's it, one that always has been taking off well for us we've been playing that for a couple of years and it mm-hmm. seems to really grow and respond well so stick with that mm-hmm. well it did really well last year until we got eight inches of rain <laughs> in one week yeah yeah that was when we went through there and frank literally had water it, like like almost white caps coming through his food plot yeah it was wild so and we did all of our planting last year like late may early june which we got rookie mistake buck wild with it yeah, we had, some nice we had such a nice June and early July that we got right after it, and then we got all that rain in late June, early July, and it just it flooded and rotted everything. Mm-hmm. So we went back through with what little time we had and put in some a couple small food plots mm-hmm. just to. And I tell you what, it's something. a good thing that we didn't even start in early July because we have had what a day and a half of rain in July so far. It's been yeah. Like wicked we've gotten dry. probably under two inches of rain in July. Easy. Way under, yeah. I mean, the couple rains that we've had, it's just been in the past couple days that we've had some rain. Yeah, so it's a good thing we didn't put food mm-hmm. plots in th- earlier. So I think it's going to benefit us. We got, what, mm, about a week before we start? We do our fall plots? Yeah, yeah. next yeah. week, yeah. Just last weekend of July. So Try- in the woods, we have four food plots and we kind of have them set up in like a somewhat of a u kind of through the middle of the property and kind of the idea of that is to hone deer movement into the middle and keep them mm-hmm. moving through the center of the property yeah it kind of keeps their we're hoping anyway that like it keeps their travel away from property lines mm-hmm. and keeps them interested on ours yeah because you know, we've got like the big field in the center and then all of the food plots are kind of stationed around the timber around basically that yeah in their travel corridors between the big field and whatever bedding they're using or how they're accessing the property yeah so we want to keep the deer as close to the middle of the property as we can yeah you can't control where they go they're going to cross roads and property lines but the longer you can keep them interested on your piece the better yeah if you can keep their home ground somewhere in the center of your property then hopefully they don't stray too far yeah mm-hmm. but then come the rut who knows yeah anything yeah. can happen well that's i mean your buck i know we've said it before you your buck was on the farm for two or three days four four days showed up my birthday november 9th and i biggest shot him mistake of his life the 13th it's like almost like a birthday gift for you mm-hmm. kind of was so Shame that was i mean that was a that was a rut deer that you know we had a lot of bucks on camera and that was not one of them mm-hmm. but so. what we did have last year was a lot of bucks in the rut that we got pictures of early in the season yeah we had some sticking around we haven't seen before so that lets me know we're doing something right yeah Yeah, i'm interested to see you know with when we get cameras up there finally the food plot should be in we get some cameras um and just get to see because like i said every year you know this property seems to improve a little bit with the buck quality Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping you know some of them two-year-olds that we had on camera last year they stick around they should be really nice deer this year yeah because i mean we had and we definitely had Probably three or four, three and a half year olds last year. 
that mm-hmm. seemed to taper off though by the time we got to the season I noticed which that was typical of previous no. years it seemed like a lot of the 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 two the ones I'm thinking of we didn't get any pictures after like mid October no I I can think of three in my head that we got during the rut I'm still. I'm, I guess the one I'm thinking of is that the main one is that big seven, that should have been an eight with the busted. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. That's that was the biggest framed deer I thought we had on camera. We um, had the three I'm thinking of. Remember that really big eight that I got a picture of. It was a nighttime picture, November seventeenth, out in the corn or well, yeah, the perspected corn. <laughs> yeah, and then I had another eight point who was not nearly that heavy but he was 20 plus inches wide out in uh one of the smaller food plots in the field and then i had a picture of a actually it was a video of a buck that crossed frank's food plot he was yeah that was late in the season yeah he was an eight he was probably only 16 inches wide but his bases were super heavy and his g2s and g3s were super tall yeah three different I guess, yeah, it was just that seven seemed to, he had like the biggest frame, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't real heavy, but super tall, came out like big sweeping uh, main beams, which was nice, but so hopefully, you know, a couple But every year we've weeks. noticed them stay a little bit longer, because yeah. before it was like, after the first two weeks, it was shot, like it was almost worthless to hunt up there. Yeah, but, and if you just had to catch something crossing through in the yeah. rut, and you didn't dare let a four corn walk by at first, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. I guess while we're up there too, um, we got a couple tree stands to check out, trim up. Mm-hmm. But like Frank said at the beginning, I think uh, yeah, I definitely stand, think standing oh. sticks is going to be the key for this year, just to try and figure out what's going on. Yeah, especially like like Tom said, I think those main stand locations, are the, the permanent ones that we have, because we do a lot of mobile stuff anyway. But I think you're going to want to go mobile around those permanent stands, just to kind of figure out. Away from if the anything plots, changes, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like your stand that you always hunt out of, I think, because there's a little bit of logging going on, or it's more up yeah. the hill and across. which we don't really have. That's one we don't have any permanent sets up on that hill except mm-hmm. way at the top. Tom's got that one stand over. It's not really even in the woods, overlooking mm-hmm. the big field. Yeah. Um, so that'll be, I think, a key is just being able to move around around there. Um, mm-hmm. that stand we pulled last year out of the cherry tree mm-hmm. closer to your side, yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhere in that area is going to be hot this yeah, year because they're doing a, a lot of logging of, yeah, over there. There's a lot of trees coming down over there. Or no, it's the one that's in the maple that you told me was in the cherry the first time I went after it. <laughs> um, it's the one that you have to like, there's no trail or anything to, there's not, there's nothing good to like the one that's near the edge of the swamp yeah yeah but i'm saying that there was no landmarks or anything to give you a direction it's like yeah, go to the bottom of the walk. field walk a 45 degree angle into the woods hopefully and, you get there <laughs> well and i wasn't there when he told and tom hung it and he's like yeah it's like in a cherry right on the edge so i'm like looking for cherry looking for cherry looking for cherry finally find it in a maple tree <laughs> <laughs> next to a cherry yeah. yeah well he was close how many cherries are on that property a lot fair so, few <laughs> but that's i mean it was a great spot but i don't, I don't know why we pulled that one actually we never hunted it it was just we had stuff we went mobile near it and i had a permanent stand i have my double over near it and i can damn near see to it mm-hmm. which my double is more of a rifle stand anyway but 
That stand was on a telephone pole. You had yeah, no zero cover. True. Zero. But you were catching them coming like up out of the swamp, and it was kind of like on a bend in the swamp. So if they were running that high side, it was like they came around a bend, and they were right on you. As soon as they were going to see you, you already had them. Yeah. But still, I, I don't like stands that are no cover because you never know. Yeah, just telephone poles. I, I just that's why I don't like climbers for rifles or for bow season. It's because you kind of need a telephone pole. Yeah, but if but, you can find a telephone pole with a hemlock, oh, wrapping around the best. it, oh, that's money. Oh yeah, it was actually one of Dad's favorite stands. He killed a couple bucks out of, and the one year he went in there all excited to hunt it, and his tree was tipped right over it. It fallen down. <laughs> Gotta love it. So, Tom and I had a real sweet spot. At the cement plant the one time, we both had a telephone pole with a hemlock kind of right behind it, uh, and we almost got a buck on camera that night because Tom had already killed a buck, and a nice buck, it wasn't like a giant buck, but it was a nice buck, um, came in that night and just couldn't quite cap. Tom could have shot it, but I didn't have a shot at it. I, we, were just, we were in different trees, so it was just... How close were you guys to each other? Not Very far. Close. Yeah, five yards. When we had that suite set up, uh, were were we on crane? Yeah, yeah. We, we went we up the same, the same tree. tree. Yeah, that and was... I started puking. Yeah, <laughs> that's a. We didn't see any deer that night. <laughs> Would you get sick or something? Or what? I had some bad orange chicken. I don't believe you. That's exactly no, what that's happened. Exactly there was no was. alcohol involved. It was just really? Chinese food. Yeah, just really. It, it was a very impressive puke. Frank looked over. He's like, did you just I throw didn't, up? I heard his puke hit the ground, but I did not hear him make mm. a sound. Like It was it was an impressive puke. I mean, you, you don't want to see it in the woods, but no. No. <laughs> we didn't see a deer that night, but it was it was a good story. Good I, spot, I, I too. I had fun. Oh, it was a great spot. I see a lot of nice bucks in that area, but not that night. Hmm. Well... Thanks for that. You live and you learn. <laughs> uh, moving back to um, the fall plots, um, what what have have you been working on? Like you said, you've missed the past couple of weeks. What have you been working on to get us prepped for this so, coming week? I'm trying something new here because one of the things I hate in my food plots is weeds. drives drives me up a wall. So one thing that I've realized is there's there's already seeds in the ground. I yeah. don't know how long they've been there. They've been there forever. But when you rototill ground, the, 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 those seeds... You're promoting growth. Yeah. yeah. So what I did this year was early, like late May, early June, I went through and sprayed everything. Everything that I planned on planting. And then it took a while, but then those seeds in the ground germinated like two months later. So then I went back through, sprayed everything twice. So I'm hoping now when I go through and rototill, no weeds in the food plot. So that's what I've been working on. Looks good on paper. Yeah, we'll see if it checks out. They do look a lot better um, than they have in the past, like when you round when you spray Roundup. Yeah. Because it seems like you spray all your Roundup and you go up there and there's still green, you know, like in patches. You know, obviously if you miss an area, it's very obvious. But even yeah. if you look at it and there's you know, most of it's dead, but there's still green undergrowth and stuff. And it is aggravating. It's like you spend mm -hmm. all this time spraying and it's still coming up through. So it does look a lot better this year and it'll be easier on the rototiller. 
Oh, yeah, for the, sure. The ground tills up a lot easier mm-hmm. without all of the living vegetation. So that's I got everything killed. Uh, we're going up next weekend. And another thing I want to do different I'm going to try out is before we rototill, I want to spread the fertilizer. Till it right into the ground. Yeah, till it right in with the soil. It'll be easier to push the uh, broadcast back. I figure we just do it like we did last year, just right on the back of the mule. Yeah, that was slow. But I didn't like it last year because we rototilled everything, and then we went through and spread fertilizer, but then you put all those track marks and pack half of the soil, Mm -hmm. and then you're throwing seed right on top of the fertilizer. So I think if we spread the fertilizer and then till it in, and then we can spread the seed and roll it, we'll get way better soil seed contact. I'm into that. I think that's a good idea. So, yeah, we're planting clover, chicory, a little bit of alfalfa, um, some oats, brassica, turnips. I'm doing that mean yeah, bean. Yeah, Nick's doing mean bean. What is that? It's got soybeans, lab lab, and... Legumes or something. Yeah, one other thing. What? Legumes. It's Legumes? Like a, yeah, I think it's... I don't even know what that is. I think that's, I think that's the... Uh, I think it's another name for bean, pretty sure. Um, but it's like a... It had a big picture of a buck on the back. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's yeah. bound to produce. No, the reason I mainly went with it is because it has that forage-style soybean that oh, I wanted yeah. to try again. Um, just I, I like the idea of those because they keep growing back after the deer eat the pods. Yeah. It's not like a traditional soybean that yellows. They nip them and then Well, yeah, they done. eat them and it's done, and then they yellow in the fall these are supposed to stay green and continuously keep growing bean pods mm-hmm. as they get bitten off so and I, lab lab's huge down in texas i don't really know what it is but it's a bean though i don't know it's called mean bean i don't know <laughs> no the, the main reason i got it was for the forage the forage, forage beans yeah yeah but what i'm gonna do in a lot of these food plots is I'm going to underseed everything with clover and then mix in some turnips and radishes for the late season. Mm-hmm. But then next year, the clover will just come back. I can just mow it. Yeah. And it's not going to be near the headache. Yeah. It's just been very labor intensive this year, just trying to get all of our plots mm-hmm. in working order. So, yeah. I think that about wraps it up for me, I don't, unless you guys have any final remarks. Mm-mm. But uh, the time is now for fall food plots, so make sure you guys are getting them in if you're putting them in. Um, And if you're not planting food plots, just make sure you guys are still finding a reason to get outside.